The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, the diabetic world that you live in is just a completely silent world to somebody who doesn't have diabetes because we do the things that everybody else wants to do and we do the things that we want to do, but there's never a break. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. And we are recording. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Insulone Podcast with myself, your host, Owen Costello. And I suppose it's been two weeks now since me and my co-host and great friend, Mr. Graham O'Toole, have been able to speak to you. So, Graham, what's the crack? It's good to be back, Owen. Happy to be back on the podcast. I had one of those moments this week where, you know, in, when you feel old. Now, I'm a couple of years older than you, Owen, mm. so you still have a while to go for this, but I was showing my nephew around university in Dublin because he's just moving up into first year, and I realized it was 10 years since I started university, and it was a big moment of 10, that's a third of my life now since I started college. But how was your week, Owen? Yeah, my week was good. There was no standout parts of my week. Although I got a, a very cool message from somebody on Instagram. And uh, it was somebody who's studying in Dublin to become a nurse and specialize as a diabetic nurse. And she said to me that she is going gonna to tune into the podcast because her psychology lecturer had recommended this podcast to the whole class. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Well, shout out if anybody from that class is listening. Especially the lecturer. <laughs> I appreciate yes. you listening. So I'll have to get in touch. And what's this about David Goggins? Were, who is he? Were you reading his book or what was going on? How do you not know who David Goggins is, Graham? I briefly heard something about David Goggins before in the Joe Rogan podcast. Have you listened to his episode? No. See, with Joe Rogan, they're so long. I dip in and out, but I remember he was severely overweight and then lost loads of weight. And then did he get into fitness, marathon running, something like that? Yeah. So basically 
I, uh, I've known about him for a while and I've just kind of been fascinated by just him as a person. He's just, he just sounds like such an insane guy. And basically he's like an American ultramarathon runner. He's retired from the Air Force, the Navy SEALs. He holds the world pull-up record for something like four and a half thousand in 24 hours. He oh ran God. 800 mile runs in eight weeks. And what? he also ran a 205 mile race without stopping, which is just insanity. Those numbers don't even make sense when you <laughs> no. actually say them out loud. Do you know what I mean? The stuff that he does is just like superhuman. You can't even comprehend or imagine trying to do those sort of things but basically he was overweight and he lost loads of weight i think like three times in his life but his whole system of thinking revolves around the idea that we live our lives at 40 percent of our max effort so he he kind of delve into his own mind and and wondered like why does he only commit 40 percent and why why can't he commit 100 percent? so basically he tried to kind of tackle that by living a life where he makes decisions based on things he doesn't want to do. So okay. it could be like going for a long run and when he wants to stop, he just doesn't stop. And that's how he kind of leads to 100 miles and 200 mile runs. And I suppose I feel as if I kind of made some sort of connection to what he was saying because I love that kind of the psychology behind pushing yourself to do things and why you don't do certain things and how you can push past other things. And I suppose like pretty much everything in my life, I tried to relate it back to diabetes and how the decisions that David Goggins makes, how they can relate to me as a diabetic and decisions I make. And I suppose that kind of leads us into today's episode. We're sticking with the theme of the 42 factors that affect your blood sugar level that was started and was inspired by Talia Bentley a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. We've got through temperature. Last week we did uh, while you sleep and this week's subheading is decision making. How can decision making impact your blood sugar on? So I suppose much like all of the 42 factors that (laughs) that will impact your blood sugar. It's not just those individual factors. It's an accumulation of all these factors combined. You know, they'll add up, they'll multiply, they'll subtract. And the result of all of these various factors mixed in together is what your blood sugar is. So your blood sugar is, is a result of what you do. Your blood sugar is a result essentially of the decisions you make each day. The food you eat, the exercise you do or don't do, the sleep you get, the stress you feel, the stress you manage. And I suppose we make decisions, diabetic or not, every day, and we have done since a very young age. You are, to an extent, where you are in your life purely based off decisions that you make. So a big part of diabetes is is understanding that, I suppose understanding the power of certain decisions you can make each day that lead to beneficial blood sugars lead to that kind of flat line graph of blood sugars that I suppose every diabetic is hoping to see each day. I suppose would it be safe to say that there's kind of two different worlds in the sense of your decision making for your diabetic life and then also for a quote unquote normal life. 
It is. And I was thinking about it this morning because obviously I put some notes together for each podcast and I kind of want to have an idea of what we're talking about, obviously. And I was really thinking about it and we might kind of get conceptual here for a minute, but just roll with it because I might go off on a tangent, but in my head, it makes sense. So if it doesn't make sense, Graham, I, uh, I rely on you to, to shut me up for, for a minute. No, the more tangents, the better. That's where the gold <laughs> yeah. is. We get lost down a rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. So any diabetic listening to this, is, it's just going to click. They're going to understand exactly what I'm saying. So if you don't have diabetes, it's almost just like you live in one world. And it's a world where you go to school, you go to work, you study, you train, you see your friends, you go out at night, whatever it is you do. Then the other world that you live in when you are a diabetic is the world where you have to constantly monitor your blood sugar, constantly take your insulin, constantly look after the food you eat, constantly be aware of if your blood sugar is going up, if your blood sugar is going down. And the decisions that you make in your diabetic world and your quote unquote normal world have substantial kind of crossover impacts on on each other. Let's say, Graham, me, you, and a few friends go out for dinner, and everybody's getting pizza, everybody's getting fries, loads of drinks. That's great. And I suppose for me, I have constant worries and concerns and additional thoughts to bear in mind when I'm doing something like that. So, Graham, you can go and eat your pizza, you can drink your drinks, you can do whatever it is you want to do, and that doesn't have a crossover into your kind of more severe diabetic world. Whereas for me, if I make the decision to eat these pizzas, drink these drinks, eat loads of fries, chips, whatever it is, and not manage my blood sugar, that's going to have a knock on and a ripple effect into my diabetic world, which then in turn will come back around and affect my normal world. So let's say I eat all this pizza, I go home, everybody goes home and I'm up all night because my blood sugars are through the roof. They keep spiking. You know, I take insulin to bring it back down. I take too much and I drop too low. Then I overtreat a hypo, which brings my blood sugar up again. So it's up and down, up and down, up and down. You feel like shit. All right. And I'm sure you're at home, Graham, having a lovely night's sleep. But the decision that I made to eat that food and act that way that I did is having a direct impact on my sleep, how I feel physically and mentally, and that then will lead into the next day. I suppose it's the diabetic world that you live in is just a completely silent world to somebody who doesn't have diabetes because we do the things that everybody else wants to do and we do the things that we want to do but there's never a break. And I know I've said it plenty of times on this podcast, but it's like you need to always be dipping into the diabetic world and be aware of decisions you make there are going to make an impact on, you know, your performance in sport, your performance in work, your sleep patterns, your mood, and then decisions in the normal world, food you eat, exercise you do or don't do, you know, alcohol you drink or don't drink will again impact your diabetic world. Did that yeah. make sense? Because I feel that as if sense. I was... Okay. <laughs> good. No, I was transfixed by watching you through Zoom. Okay, good. <laughs> <Going> through <laughs> well, let's go to some of the different types of decision-making. You briefly touched on eating out and exercise, but let's go to exercise. What type of decisions would you have to make while training? Because I know you do it 
at least six times a week. You're big into your fitness. You'll know that if you follow Owen on Instagram, at Insulone. So yeah, training, decisions. It's not as if there's a specific decision for training that you need to make. It's, it, it's I suppose, a big decision in terms of having that sort of consistency that you can train or work out or move each day. Because from a young age, we are told the importance of eating proper food or eating quote unquote good food and the importance of exercise and movement. And it's funny because I feel as if there's kind of like a direct correlation between let's call it a fitness journey and a diabetic journey because everybody knows what you need to do to get fit, feel better, be healthier, get in shape, but not everybody does it. It's like with diabetes, everybody knows that if we decide to eat better foods, if we decide to try, try and sleep more, if we decide to drink water more each day, if we decide to properly manage our insulin doses, if we decide to train consistently, that makes our life with diabetes easier. So because essentially they're, they're relatively easy decisions to make, I'm going to eat better food. I'm going to move more today. But a lot of the time we don't do that. And it's those small decisions each day that will lead to a healthier life or that will lead to a better and easier life with diabetes. So it's like with your fitness journey, as we'll, we'll just call it for the sake of the episode, there's no finish line and there's no finish line with diabetes either. So it's not like you can make a decision to go on an intense diet for four weeks and then by the end of the four weeks, all your problems are solved. And it's the same with diabetes. You can't have that sort of motivation three days a week and say, right, I'm going to be on the ball three days a week. And then the other four days, what happens? I don't have that consistency. And, and that's where you're going to fall. That's where you're going to suffer. So it's about being able to make the small decisions each day to kind of consistently add up to a healthier life and I suppose a healthier, happier life with diabetes too, because that's, that's always the goal because it's not something that's going to be going away for a while, you know, <laughs> unless they miraculously come up with a cure over the next few week, weeks, which I don't expect to happen. And food, you briefly touched upon that as you were eating out with friends, but I presume your bog standard breakfast, lunch and dinner, your meals every day are very important and the decisions around what you eat is going to have a huge impact on your blood sugar levels. Yeah, of course. It's those kind of split second decisions to know that this bread is going to have a much bigger impact on my blood sugar than these two scrambled eggs or whatever it is. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be a robot with the food that you eat or the routine that you need to follow because I'm a big believer in not letting diabetes kind of purely determine what it is you do and don't do, even with the food that you eat. But you also need to be aware of the fact that, look, the reality of it is you are diabetic. So these tiny, tiny decisions each day are vitally important to your overall management. You wake up in the morning and your blood sugars, let's say, are just flatlined and it's a great way to start the day. You know that eating a big pile of pancakes is going to have a much, <laughs> much more, let's call it just a negative impact on your blood sugar than having a smoothie. All right. So 
I know you probably would prefer to have a big pile of pancakes, but the wiser thing to do might be to have a smoothie because that's a tough feel... decision. I know, I know, decision. I know, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. And it's those sort of split second decisions where they will have the big impact overall because each day that you live, you have a thousand of these small decisions. Even the small decision of, should I take one unit or two units of insulin? And you might not be entirely sure for that specific food or meal that you're eating, but even just that one unit of insulin can have a massive impact and again, that ripple effect into the whole day. Yeah, it's like having, especially with food, that little devil on your shoulder. Go on, just have the pancakes. It's not going to have that much of an impact. And unfortunately, it will. And the devil is bad. What about, it's a topic we've touched on so many times, but it's big, in, uh, it's big for diabetics. Obviously, it's hypoglycemia. So the decisions around that and trying to avoid it. What's the story there? Yeah, that's a big one. So as you said, we've touched on that plenty of times before. So hypo is just having a low blood sugar if, if people aren't fully sure. But having a hypo is like a diabetic's biggest fear. And it's a horrible, horrible feeling. So it's what you want to avoid happening all day, every day. You just you don't want to have a hypo because it's a nightmare and you feel like shit then for the vast majority of the day. A decision that people seem to have because hypoanxiety is a major issue for people with diabetes and that fear of going low at any time. You could be on a bus, you could be at a job interview, you could be in work, you could be sitting in an exam and if your blood sugar drops, you're going to have a bad, you're going to have a very bad time. Yeah. It's, it doesn't matter where you are. You can have one at any stage. So, I suppose a decision that a lot of people tend to make each day is to kind of treat that imaginary hypo before it even happens. And what happens then is because of this fear of like, oh, Jesus, like going low is the last thing I want. So therefore, I'm going to eat these glucose tablets or I'm going to take less insulin or I'm going to eat more carbohydrate to ensure that my blood sugars don't drop. The consequence of having that sort of mindset and making those decisions to try and always avoid it is that the likelihood of you kind of sailing in a hyperglycemic state, which is a high blood sugar throughout the day, very likely. The likelihood is very likely. That makes sense. But yeah. the chances that you'll experience kind of consistently high levels throughout the day are very high. Yeah. So the decisions you make to avoid the hypo could result in you having a hyper. Of course. And, yeah. it's, and again, it's that split decision of eating extra carbohydrate or taking less insulin because you're like, oh, Jesus, that's the last thing I want. Mm. It's important for people to have confidence in your own diabetes management, have high standards of your blood sugar. So don't say to yourself, like, I know how daunting and intimidating it is to, to have a blood sugar throughout the day. But I suppose it's, it's important to have that sort of confidence where you can say, look, I've had this for this long. I know that I can avoid having a hypo and I know that I can still balance food and insulin to ensure I stay as level as possible. So it, you don't have to be so careful where you're like shoving glucose tablets into your mouth to just be sky high. And I know we touched on it recently, as recent as last week's episode with your blood sugar levels while you sleep, but we're talking about decisions and I presume decisions around bedtime is hugely important. And I remember saying the ripple effect uh, can be great the following day. Mm, exactly. So like I had said last week, 
it's so important that you try and sleep as steady as possible because if you drop at night, potentially you're going to overtreat it and then you're going to see your blood sugars high in the morning. If you're high, you might take too much insulin leading into a horrible day of blood sugars the next day. And I suppose the decisions that you can make before you go to bed can help ensure that you keep things steady. So small decisions like avoiding massively high carbohydrate meals before you go to bed, being very mindful of the dose of insulin that you're taking before bed. And my personal favorite is to avoid eating, having your last piece of food about two or three hours before you go to bed, because that kind of gives your blood sugar time to settle. And then you'll have a vague idea. You'll probably have a a pretty good idea of where your blood sugar is going to go while you sleep. And I was actually having this conversation with a client there yesterday around their bedtime because he was obviously training more. So his insulin sensitivity has increased and he saw himself kind of waking up with low blood sugars quite frequently, which isn't a good thing. So I suppose he needed to look at his bedtime routine, his insulin doses maybe potentially cutting back, looking at his carb intake before bed. And and all those small decisions then can help basically keep things steady throughout the night. I know I was referencing the devil on your shoulder. Well, I want the next time a decision is in your head to have the antidote is actually Owen's voice Mm. to the devil. Owen's going to be on your (laughs) other shoulder and saying, no, go to bed earlier. Don't be having that pancakes. Don't do it. Um, yeah, well, look, it's not, it's not that I want people to not eat the food that they want to eat and not do the things that they want to do, but it's about kind of just being clever about your decisions. Don't be in the mindset of, I'm not going to let diabetes stop me from doing anything. That's great, but don't let that be your mindset the whole time. Maybe say, yeah. I'm going to enjoy this every now and then, rather than, yeah. I'm not going to let it stop me. You need to be clever about it because... Unfortunately, the reality of it is we are living with diabetes. So, so these are important decisions that you need to make. And that's not going to change for a while. So enjoy your pancakes, but don't be, don't be doing it every day because you'll have a nightmare with your blood sugars. Strike that balance, I suppose, is the best way. Exactly. I think we've covered the decision making. Definitely. It's all about decisions, decisions, decisions. And it just brings me back to when you do your Instagram stories where the thought process of a diabetic during the day and all those little dots I see in your Instagram story when you do one of those days and there's like hundreds more than even I have to think about and then the decisions is along the same lines thousands of decisions every day and you just I suppose have to keep on top of it and hopefully this episode helped you out and kind of clarified some issues that you may have been having Um, and I've seen this week as well on your Instagram own lots of people sharing the podcast as well tagging you in as absolutely great to see people out for walks there was a girl i think who actually wasn't diabetic but was trying to understand diabetes as well and she was getting in on it so it's great to see that as well absolutely yeah i really appreciate anybody sharing it and i particularly love when people who don't have diabetes listen to it because then they think like oh my god i didn't re- i didn't realize this is all the shit that you had to deal with every day but uh no honestly i really appreciate everyone listening And uh, it's great to see all the shares and stuff. So it's fantastic. When is Fitter, Healthier, Happier starting? Monday. This Monday coming. Monday the 5th. So exciting times. 
That's very exciting. Best luck to you and best luck to anybody else who is listening to this podcast and has signed up to it. Eight weeks of fun, I believe. Absolutely. Like David Goggins, eight weeks of hell. <laughs> you didn't Not know what you really. signed up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, eight 100-mile runs. That's all the program is. If you have any questions you would like us to cover on the podcast, you can get it. The Insel Owen Podcast at gmail.com. It is the title of the podcast. You can see it on your screen right now. And comment on iTunes as well. It helps bring the podcast up. Rate it as well. Share it online, wherever you can. Let's get the word out because the more of that you do, the more people you see it and the better off everybody is. Owen, absolutely fantastic to speak to you again. Good seeing you again after two weeks. Yeah, Graham, I missed you. Two weeks away. We should never do that again. No. Well, you see, the difference is my county in Ireland is in lockdown, but your county isn't in lockdown. So I'm in Dublin, you're in Wicklow. You're, you're free. You can do whatever you want because your county are abiding by the restrictions. They're making the good decisions, whereas people ah. in my county are making bad decisions. They're having house <laughs> parties. Dream. Oh, stop. Don't even get me started. That's for another episode of the podcast, everybody. <laughs> Graham, take it easy. Have a good week, everyone. Love you.